This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Open for Business. In August, Involve Asia was named alongside five other Malaysian tech companies like drone player Aerodyne, B2B wholesaler platform La Pasa and InsureTech firm uh, Policy Street as Forbes Asia 100 to watch. Now, what does Involve do? They're an affiliate marketing platform and if you're a regular consumer of social media, you've definitely seen affiliate marketing in action. Some examples include, that may ring a bell, include an Instagrammer's LinkedIn bio to get 10% off the latest Belroy wallet or a YouTuber's promo code to get three years off a VPN for the price of two years. Founded in 2014, uh, the Involve Asia platform helps brands from marketing partnerships for marketing partnerships with global content creators, developers and affiliates, which has become big business with more companies looking to performance-based marketing to optimize their marketing budgets. Since inception, there's over there's been over $1.5 billion in sales that have been generated on the platform and I'm sure we'll get some updated numbers today as well. And this includes partners and advertisers such as familiar names like Lazada, Grab, The Marriott and Nike among many others. Earlier this year, Involve Asia raised over $10 million in a round led by Bintang Partners and follow-on investment from returning investors like 500 Global. Today, you will hear how they plan to optimize that funding to continue their growth as well as the problem they were trying to solve back in 2014 and how the business and the industry has evolved over the last nine years. In the studio with me to explore all this and more is Rene Menendez. He is the president and co-founder of Involve Asia. Rene, welcome to the show. Good morning, Roshan. So, Rene, I want to spend some time breaking down affiliate marketing. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's a more recent uh, development, or at least more recently known to many of us who are social media consumers. Um, it's essentially promoting other people's products on your platform for a return of a commission or a sales or a fee. Um, tell us a little bit about your role or Involve Asia's role uh, in the affiliate marketing ecosystem. Right. Um, thanks, Roshan. Firstly, that, that introduction was amazing. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you summarized exactly what we do. Um, affiliate marketing has been around since maybe 96 when Amazon uh, made it popular. Um, and ever since then, you know, it's sort of gone under the radar until this recent uh, rise in social media. Everyone, the famous line, click like to subscribe and click the links in the description below. Yes. Um, has really <laughs> given a boost to our, our business. Uh, so we've been doing this for 10 years. We started off because I think we realized that in marketing, attribution was a big challenge, mm. right? So a lot of people were buying media, digital media and all that. And really understanding what works and what doesn't is a challenge. So with affiliate marketing as a model that's been around for now, what, 25 years or something, um, it was clear that you only pay for actual validated performance. And we thought that was a huge opportunity. And that's why we jumped into it 10 years ago. Um, when we talk about validated performance, mm-hmm. uh, Renee, the big thing that's happened in the last few years, obviously, is the change in uh, privacy policies over iOS and yeah. then later Android as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's become it became more difficult, at least for a while, yeah. to validate the performance of performance marketing. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about how uh, that has impacted the the market uh, for the, your business and how you've had to adapt. Yeah. So I think I think talk of you know the 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 cookie was the main thing that mm-hmm. everyone's been using to track, right? And talk of this sort of 
depreciation of the cookie has been going on for years. So we didn't want to wait for it to finally happen. Uh, <laughs> around about four to five years ago, we decided that we needed to transition so that we would future-proof the business. So we started integrating server-to-server -server with all our clients. So at the moment, we don't rely on browser data and all that. The client will actually send back to us the data on what has been sold so that we can validate with them. Um, and then, you know, build them, obviously. Yeah, so you're plugging into their servers mm -hmm. and then you base it on your own performance, on your own data, yeah. and then you can cross-check that. Yes. And like, okay, these sales, we did these sales. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people, when they hear things like uh, affiliate marketing, may very easily just assume that it's only influencer marketing, mm -hmm. right? And then you start entering the space where, how are you different from the players such as Nafneng, which right. were talent management agencies, yeah. essentially. Talk to us about the, the differentiation between uh, what you do and what people like, uh, organizations like Nafneng do. Right. So long before like the term even influencer was around, <laughs> affiliate marketing has been around. And essentially, it's using um, media owners or content creators in the old school definition, right? So coupon sites, cashback sites, uh, price comparison, content sites like The Star or The Straits Times in Singapore, MSN, etc. They all have inventory that doesn't really get bought by advertisers, um, but can be used to generate sales. Um, so we primarily work with big publishers like this in our early years. And maybe around about four and a half years ago, we started to see this rise of influencers, etc. And we started to onboard them. And that's when our publisher base grew from like our partner base from about 130,000 partners to now we're sitting at maybe 800,000 to a million, uh, depending on the month. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk to us about what exactly you're selling here, because mm -hmm. it sounds like you're selling that facilitation as all platforms yep. do. Is that the extent of the, the what you're selling here? Yeah. So I think uh, our, we have two parts to the business. So we have the platform and, you know, being like a locally created platform, uh, there are not many like them in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Most of the big boys come in from the US, Europe or uh, Japan. Um, so we were founded here, built here. So we understand the nuances of the Southeast Asian market, right? This platform is basically to match advertisers with partners. So potential partners, guys who are out there who may want to earn a commission out of writing content or filming video or whatever um, to try and push the product of a client, right? Um, so that facilitation of partnerships is what we primarily do. Um, after you facilitate the partnership, you need to know whether the partnership's working mm. or what other partners you need to be talking to, etc. And that's where our data, our validation uh, mechanics come into play. So we know in the past for affiliate marketing, one of those big issues used to be if, let's say, a handphone brand was offering me 3% commission for any handphone I bought, in the early days, some dude will go out and buy 100 handphones, take the commission, and then return them within seven days. Wow. Right? So that was a big issue, right? So we solved that by now saying, hey, you know, once the product is consumed or the return window is gone, 
etc., then only we pay the commission out. So it really reduces fraud and we have a lot of other fraud mitigation uh, tech in place. So that that part's really like the, the, the key special source for us, the attribution side of it. I guess that, that also kind of illustrates how the initial problem that you attempted to solve mm-hmm. has changed with time as well. Could you elaborate yeah. a little further on the evolution of the original problem and what it looks like today? Yeah. So the, the original problem, I think, like, like I mentioned, was like, how, how do you know that it's working? Mm-hmm. You know, the, depending on who's counting, everyone says like 50% of the budget <laughs> doesn't work, is wasted, etc. Right? Um, I think our model and what it's become today is where we're completely aligned with the client. So when the client says, hey, you know, I, I, I'm only successful if I sell product. Involve Asia doesn't make any money until we help you sell product. Mm-hmm. Um, so that alignment means that, you know, whatever we do is going to be for, for the good of both of us. Um, the problems evolve because now it's way more channels than ever before, right? So you're talking about TikTok, Instagram, etc. And then some channels that go off the radar. So if I were to forward you a link on WhatsApp, in the past, there's no way to tell how many times your video has been sent on WhatsApp. Um, but for us, because it's a link, that link is trackable. Even if you send it to your mom and your mom buys something, we can attribute you for the sale, right? <laughs> now, given um, how long you've been in the business and uh, the kind of turnover you're generating, the gross merchandise value, I understand uh, based on our conversation before, it's about a billion uh, dollars US, a year, a year in, yeah. uh, in terms of just the gross merchandise value yeah. transacted on the platform. Um, so there's a lot of activity happening mm-hmm. here. Uh, what are the, some of the best performing channels from your observations? Yeah. So, so in the last maybe four years has been really trans, you know, changing rapidly. Prior to the pandemic, we were 65, 70% of our revenue was travel. So really? all your online travel, like booking.com, Agoda, et cetera, Malaysia Airlines and all that. And of course, the day the pandemic hit, um, you know, the, the rug was pulled from under. We rapidly pivoted to help the sort of marketplaces and all other digital commerce players. Um, and that took up the lion's share of revenue contribution for us. What's happened is in the last maybe you know, 12 to 15 months, travel's resurging again. So you know, to our benefit, that's coming back and piling on in terms of our revenue. So yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty big change. Um, the one caveat though is that if you look at affiliate businesses around the world, um, financial products seem to be the largest revenue contributors. Um, in Southeast Asia, however, uh, that hasn't been the case, right? So that's a really difficult market to crack. It's one that we're, we're heavily focused on trying to solve next year. Uh, with the financial products scene, there are also complications because it's a more regulated environment yes. as well, correct? Yep. Um, so as you look to that, um, I guess, how are you approaching that? Because, right? you know, certain things like investment products yeah. can't be, shouldn't be actually yeah. sold through affiliate marketing unless you're a market registered operator or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, how, are you, how are you studying the market before entering it? Yeah, and so we, we, we spend the, the larger part of this year really looking at it, right? There's some really established players in the market looking at this space. And whether we, we form partnerships with them or we power them at the moment, 
um, is is something we've been looking at. The reality, however, is that in the region, a lot of financial products are becoming more bite-sized, bite-sized and easy to understand. And those are things where if there are clients trying to push uh, uh, micro-insurance and all that stuff, it's stuff that the the random guy on Instagram can talk about. Yeah. We don't need to educate him too much to say, if you're going to Langkau, you buy travel insurance, for example. So I think we have a space to play when the product yeah. is less complicated. There's no 100-page policy document yeah, to have to exactly. Yeah. Uh, Renee, we've got to go into a few messages. We'll be back in just a bit to continue this, this discussion, including uh, a look at the business model that powers all of this. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Renee Menendez. He is the president and co-founder of affiliate marketing platform Involve Asia. I'm Roshan Kandison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Billions from me. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Garnison, and this morning I've been speaking with Rene Menezes. He is the president and co-founder of affiliate marketing platform Involve Asia. Uh, they were named as one of the six Malaysian com- uh, tech companies on the Forbes Asia 100 to watch earlier this year. Uh, Rene, you gave us a much better picture of the role that Involve Asia occupies. Uh, now, I want to get a bit of insight into your role as well, because mm-hmm. um, before this, you you are a co-founder of this business, mm-hmm. but it hasn't looked like you've taken uh, been very active. Like Last year, you became president of the company. Talk to us a little bit about how your role has evolved here and the journey so far. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Roshan. So actually, I've been involved with Involve (laughs) (laughs) for since day one. Um, You know, when when my partner, Jimmy, uh, had the idea to set up the business, um, I was engaged at that point running another business of mine and got into the fold with him uh, to build out the business. But I couldn't take a hands-on approach, so I sat on the board all these years. Uh, Once we finally sort of uh, offloaded that business uh, just at the start of the pandemic, um, after I finished watching everything on Netflix (laughs) possible, uh, I joined uh, Involve, rolled up my sleeves and went in as president um, to look after the commercial and marketing side of the business. Um, let's take a journey back a little bit because I, I like to get a sense of how businesses started because it's easy to be, oh, you're doing so well now. But that wasn't always the case, right? Startups have a high failure rate and it's not a given that you're going to eventually come to a point where you're going to succeed. Um, give us a sense of what, I guess, the the early days were like and the process of building the MVP. What did the MVP look like of this? What was the first version of Involve Asia? Uh, first version was was interesting. Actually, it was working with one of Malaysia's uh, top newspapers uh, who wanted to set up a shopping channel on their, on their website. Uh, and we were going to power everything. So essentially, we would find products. We'd post it up there. And anytime one of these newspapers... Uh, customers clicked and bought a product, the newspaper would earn a revenue from it. So at the same time, we went out to get uh, first advertisers. So companies like Poplook, um, 
Zalora, etc., were our first clients. Um, and this was at that start, it was the time when uh, Pinterest was just starting to get hot. <laughs> so it was all about watching fashion, scrolling, and all that stuff. So the first iteration actually was to look at bringing fashion and shopping to media owner sites. Was that the, uh, I guess, was fashion a key driver uh, in the early days? It started off as the hope, um, but you know we we generated revenue from fashion, but in nowhere the way we see revenues today from like the travel or marketplace industry. A key part of this business is uh, managing both the supply and demand because in order to have demand, you have to have something to sell on the platform. Yeah. Um, how did you get your first clients, uh, the first people to come onto the platform to trust you with the ability to sell their their partnerships or their yeah. Uh, their inventory. So uh, two parts to this. So so the first thing is, I think we were quite lucky because no one was doing it. Okay. It was, it's looked, it, at that point, people looked at it the way they look at email marketing, right? Everyone knows it works, uh, but it's not sexy. So no one wants to talk <laughs> about it. Um, but we went ahead and did it. And we realized there were a couple of drivers for us. There are always um, media owners who have inventory or audience that they want to monetize and no one's doing it for them. Our model for advertisers is very straightforward. Don't pay me anything until I show you results. So the barrier to entry is very low. And so when we took this model in the market, it took a while to educate the market, but very quickly we started to see traction. So we knew we, knew we were on to something and it was time to double down. Um, earlier this year, during the announcement, the funding announcement, one of the data points in the announcement was uh, that Southeast Asia accounts for one of the highest digital ad spend wastages. And alone in the first quarter of 2022, that was around $1 billion US dollars. Uh, performance marketing, as you've noted here, is really just about uh, helping companies better utilize their marketing budgets. Renee, talk to us a little bit about um, what accounts for this so-called uh, digital ad spend waste. So I think I think in any sort of advertising, whether it's traditional advertising, billboards, or online, there's always going to be wastage. It's this perpetual goal of the marketing department to reduce that wastage, right? Um, and one way to mitigate that is to actually introduce a pricing model that only you, that you only pay for validated sales mm-hmm. or validated action so if a client comes to us and says hey i want i will pay you a commission for any time someone downloads an app that's the performance metric and it pays nothing if we don't achieve anything right so that way actually you may have some wastage in terms of ads going out to the wrong audience but to the advertiser to the brand actually that wasn't wasted because I didn't pay for it mm. yeah how, how do you think about the difference between because marketing is about stimulating sales or more directly stimulating mm-hmm. sales but there's also branding which is also just a, uh, getting your get, get building a little bit of a <coughs> personality around the business around the company how do you think about the differentiation between uh, branding versus marketing yeah so I think branding still has to be there. We've seen whenever we work with clients, if the client's brand is not very strong, it's very hard to convince people to push a product they don't know themselves, right? Because that trust element. Yeah, there's that trust element. But but I think one part that, that marketers uh, are are still not maybe thinking enough about is that they're always thinking about marketing to the consumer. In the economy today, the way influencers play a role 
you actually shouldn't be contracting influencers to talk about you. You should be marketing to the influencer because the influencer knows his audience better than any brand ever will. And if the influencer believes in the product, you'll get far more mileage when he starts talking about it and it'll seem more genuine, authentic. Um, and so it's like a one-to-one to many as opposed to a B2C typical marketing sort of scenario. So do you see uh, the role that you play as more of a B2B arrangement in the sense that you're looking at making those key relationships with the the influencers yeah. or the content creators? Yeah. yeah, definitely the influencers and content creators, but also, you know, providing the avenues for the brands, right? So we do engage a lot with brands, um, like, like 500 brands across the region. Um, and typically for us, when a client comes on board to the platform, um, they rarely leave. So we have them for, you know, three years, four years, five years is is our timeline with clients. Um, you've, uh, in the earlier announcement this year, uh, the compounded annual growth rate was noted at 132% since inception. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, that the, fast, the more you grow, typically the larger the base there. Are you expecting this growth to slow down anytime soon? Yeah, so just correction on that. Um, our Kager now is 150%. You've gone from 132 from earlier this yeah. year to 150%. Yeah. So yeah. not slowing down. No, not slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> not slowing down. I think, I think um, and you know, this, this, we always think like now we're sitting at maybe 800,000 partners, right? Uh, and we think, hey, is there is there a ceiling for us? But the reality is all these platforms like the TikToks of the world, Instagram and all that, millions of people use it. Um, we're signing on maybe 25,000 new partners every month wow. organically and then with some support from marketing, right? But the the real space for us as we move forward is to try and bring on um, the man on the street, so, so by that, I mean, uh, Roshan, in your circle, I'm sure that everyone who talks to you or who is looking at a financial sort of decision will come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not be, I'm not sure, you may not be a guy dancing in front of TikTok and all that <laughs> stuff, but you can still use your influence in your circle of friends via WhatsApp to push a product yeah. right? that you believe in. At the moment, a lot of people think, hey, if I'm going to make money off these social channels, I have to get in front of a camera. Uh, Rene, we'll continue yep. this discussion in just a little bit and peel that onion a little further. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Rene Menezes. He is the president and co-founder of Involve Asia. I'm Roshan Kanasen. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Billions from me. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kardison, and this morning I've been speaking with Rene Menezes. He is the president and co-founder of affiliate marketing platform Involve Asia. Um, Rene, based on the uh, information I have from the announcement earlier this year, Involve has uh, handles over a million partnerships, which has yielded $1.5 billion in sales. Um, could you just Give us an updated version of those numbers, please. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in terms of the the partnerships, the number is correct. Um, our platform, basically, the key numbers is we have about half 
500 advertisers who are active with us and we have about 800,000 plus uh, partners on the platform. Um, we have a run rate of about 1 billion US dollars um, annually um, and that's that's actually been quite an achievement for us because before this we were maybe one and a half billion since inception. And that billion is the the, the merchandise value that's sold yes. on the platform, yep. right? Um, now, platforms typically make their revenue from either fees charged on a platform or a take rate for transactions facilitated. Is this the similar case for your revenue streams as well? Yeah, so we wanted to be completely aligned with the objectives of the advertiser, the client. Um, so we don't take any fees up front or anything, but upon performance, what typically happens in a affiliate model is that a commission is paid um, for anyone who successfully sells a product or encourages people to download or commit some action. Um, of that commission, involved will take a percentage. And typically, um, what are the kind of percent uh, commissions that we see from products? Because I know they range, obviously, from yeah. product to product. Yeah. So it ranges. Sometimes you look at percentages. So it, anywhere from 2% to 10 15% even, if you sell an electronic good or something like that. Um, sometimes it can be flat fee. So if you sell this product for me, I'll give you 100 ringgit. Um, and commonly, there are like bonus payouts and all that for the best performing affiliates. Um, this is, I guess, similar to the agency models we've seen in the past for financial products, right? This is uh, a similar way they get a commission yes. of the sales they generate, uh, but maybe just a much wider uh, mm -hmm. system we're looking at now. Um, you were talking a little bit earlier about how you wanted more word of mouth uh, yeah. cap capacity, essentially, basically enabling everybody to be able to become a somewhat affiliate marketer. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, the, the, the world now talks about influencer marketing as if it's something new. Uh, but in essence, marketing has always been leveraging influence, right? Not influencer. So, so like I was saying just now, in every group of friends, there's always one guy or girl that knows the most about technology products. And all those friends are going to come to that person and say, hey, should I buy this handphone, etc. Or there's a guy who knows the best restaurants, the guy who's traveled the most, etc. These people have inherent influence. There's no reason why they shouldn't be uh, rewarded for their ability to recommend or encourage others to you know, get a product that they, they believe in themselves and using our tech. Um, it's actually quite straightforward. Anyone who goes to the website app.involve.asia um, can become an affiliate overnight and start earning revenue. How do you, I guess, balance the fact that once you start putting like a, a monetize, a, a commercial element to it, that, you know, that the organic or the uh, sincere nature of friends recommending things yeah. might change? Is that a concern for you? I think uh, two parts. So one, I think we trust that everyone, uh, you want to keep your friends for as long as you can. So you're not, <laughs> not, not, not going to push them product that you that you know they won't like or whatever. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, brands are increasingly saying, hey, if you use this code and you share it with your friends, they'll get a better deal as well, right? So you're adding value to that recommendation. So. Um what are you? Where, so we talked about the growth rate earlier. Now it's one hundred fifty percent Kager. You you're doing a billion in uh, gross merchandise value mm -hmm. a year. Where are you in terms of revenue generation today? Uh, revenue generation. revenue generation yeah. on an annual basis. Um, so at the moment, our revenue this year we're we're well into the like 
130 odd million mm-hmm. will will probably hit this year US so you're looking at your uh, basically a fee of the trans, uh, gross margins at around uh, what what are your gross margins like uh, uh, 10, 15% yeah. Yeah. looks like round there. round there if we just that's just back of the envelope yeah. uh, math there um and looking ahead um You've built a very a platform here, uh, selling a billion dollars in merchandise mm-hmm. every year. Uh, you're taking currently a fee of the success. Yeah. Are you looking at other avenues to leverage this platform that you've built in order to further commercialize or monetize it? Yeah. So, so for the longest time, I think since the start, you know, affiliate marketing, uh, partnership marketing has been seen as sort of this orphan child of marketing, right? Uh, so, typically, unlike most other marketing channels, we hardly engage with ad agencies and all that. Um, but the reality is that all other marketing spend that you do on media for, um, you know, your video ads, your brand ads and all that have an impact on the performance of affiliate marketing. So increasingly, we think we we have a role to play in at least somehow influencing these, you know, upper funnel media buys. Um, and whether we have to end up doing it for clients who don't have a partner that can do it for them uh, or work with those ad agencies, media agencies to try and skew those buys so that they make this performance piece even more effective. I think that's where we're going to see a little bit of effort from our side. Do you see yourselves putting on more marketing as a service kind of uh, business models, yeah. maybe even stepping on the into the agency turf as well? Yeah, so at the moment, um, we've started to do that but primarily for clients who don't have ad agencies. So value-added services. Yeah, value-added services. We do charge for it, um, but, you know, it's 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 a means to an end. There are a lot of companies who come to us as well who are not ready for affiliate marketing. Um, and in order to get ready, there are certain things that we look for, right? You need a certain amount of traffic, certain amount of search queries, etc. And we can get you there. Uh, and we're the best people to hold your hand to you get there before the affiliate piece can come in and take over. When is a company ready for affiliate marketing? Um, ready when, like I mentioned just now, don't think about the consumer. Think about the 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 affiliate, right? You're ready when you can offer the affiliate something, a brand that they can sell, a product that they can sell. Um, and Because they're going to put in the effort without seeing any result until mm-hmm. it's sold. So if there is a poor product, you're not ready. Um, if no one knows about the product, it's an uphill task. So we really need to get to a point where the market knows. Rene, we're going to go into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk about that $10 million raise and how that has been spent in mm-hmm. order to, and obviously the uh, timeline to an exit or more likely an IPO. Folks, I've been speaking with Rene uh, Menezes. He's the president and co-founder of Involve Asia. I'm Roshan Kinison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bright, formidable media. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning I've been speaking with Rene Menezes. He's the president and co-founder of affiliate marketing platform Involve Asia. Uh, they were also named as one of the six Malaysian tech companies on Forbes Asia 100 Watch earlier this year, alongside players like Aerodyne, La Passa, and Policy Street. Rene, we spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about uh, how this business started, the business model behind this. Uh, the bigger news earlier this year was that you raised uh, 10 million US dollars in funding to continue this growth. And it seems that you've put it to good work because at the time of the announcement, the KGA was 132%. It's now 150%. Mm-hmm. You've done all this while being able to remain profitable. Tell us how that how that's been managed and how profitable Involve Asia is. Give us a sense for that. Right. So, so. I think you know it was it was either luck or, or we'll tell everyone <laughs> it's foresight. But in 2019, we made a conscious effort to turn to stop the burn and turn to profitability. So now we've been profitable for four years. Um, we'll close this year profitable as well. Um, and as a result, we're we're generating cash. So we don't really use the the funds that are raised for operational. Uh, needs because we're we're cash flow generating. Um, the funds that we got on board is actually looking at two parts. So, like I mentioned just now, do we want to expand the depth of what we offer to customers? Um, and if that's the case, is a quicker path to market actually via M and A, right? Uh, the other is geographic expansion. So we've been very focused in Southeast Asia, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, and Singapore. Uh, the markets that we operate in. But there is a world outside of Southeast <laughs> Asia. Um, and we do have clients now from Taiwan, Korea, Hong Kong, etc. So it may be time for us to look outside to see if there there are opportunities there. So there are some things bubbling in the works, uh, which I can't share. What, what would be, um, I guess, what would define, what characteristics are you looking for in the future Daga markets? Um in the target, so the easiest way to for for us to walk sorry target sorry. geographical market geographical market yeah so when we when we look at um, how we enter a market it's, it's supply and demand is like this chicken and egg right mm-hmm. do we get partners first or we get advertisers first the lowest barrier to entry would be for us to walk into a market and say hey do you want to reach Southeast Asian audiences. If you do, it doesn't matter if you're Korea, Japan, or whatever. If you want to reach Southeast Asian offices, we can help you, right? So we can start off by looking at more an export angle um, and then eventually start to build our brand name and acquire the partnerships and the advertising. Um, you're also looking at M&A to utilize the $10 million in M&A. What are you looking for in M&A targets? Yeah, so, so you know, it's really tough to be profitable and grow uh, at, at this pace. So I think we've been looking at, like, obviously it narrows the pool, but we're looking at people who are generating profit or who could very quickly generate profit, particularly in the affiliate marketing space or the performance marketing space. And this could include more influencer marketing type uh, companies or it include more upper funnel brand marketing sort of um, options. Uh, so it's it's not necessarily about uh, making the, going horizontal, but more deeper into the current space here. Yeah, yeah I think it's to leverage our network effect, right? With, with sort of the, the ecosystem that we're a part of now, there are multiple ways that we can extract more from, from that. Uh, a big talking point, I guess, is um, whether 
you're not profitable. You've been next year will be the ten will be ten years in Volvo Asia's been in business. Uh, you're doing a billion dollars in uh, uh, GMV every year. Mm. Um, would I be right in assuming that the most likely kind of exit for this would be IPO? Is that what you're looking at? Um, so yeah, you know, to be honest, we we we've had investors from from quite early on. I think the first round we took was 2015. Um, and since then, I think you you reach a point where you want to you know give back to the guys who supported you in the early days. At our size now, it looks like the possible only way to do that would be an <laughs> IPO. Uh, so we started evaluating what our options are uh, in terms of stock exchanges and all that stuff. We started those conversations. A lot of companies are always looking towards the Nasdaq or foreign exchanges. Uh, is Bursa Malaysia in the mix in your considerations? Um, I think definitely we've 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 spoken to them. Uh, we've spoken to a couple of other exchanges um, in Asia, um, but definitely Bursa. I mean, we're, we're a Malaysian-grown company, um, and we've actually been the recipient of Malaysia's pretty vibrant uh, investment ecosystem and all that stuff. Uh, so it makes sense to consider the local market as well. But at the end, it's all about returns too. Yeah, because you started uh, with, uh, you got the CIP grant from Cradle. Mm-hmm. So you've gone from Cradle all the way up to yeah. pre-IPO at this yeah. point. So, uh, with a lot of Malaysian uh, Malaysian investors on your cap mm-hmm. table, directly or indirectly. Yeah. Um, what are you, because right now the IPO market is obviously very soft. Everyone's watching to see who goes to market and the performance of those mm-hmm. companies. And we have seen people delay even further down the line. What are you and Involve Asia watching for uh, in terms of signals to maybe signal uh, a green light for when mm-hmm. an IPO might be more palatable? Yeah. So at the moment, I'd say I, I think from a company perspective, we're pretty much ready. Um, we just need to do a little bit more cleanup, governance stuff and all that. But we're in no hurry. We do think that it's likely within three, three and a half years would be roughly the time we're looking at. But we'll have to see what the market's like at that point. So I'll say we're still very early stage um, in terms of considering how, how we move towards that. But our metrics and our forecasts and all that look like it'll be prime in maybe three years' time. All right, uh, Renee. As we come to the uh, end of this conversation, we've we've mentioned a little bit about how um, you know you started with a Cradle Grant and then Cradle uh, Venture Funding, yep. and then you've gone all the way up to find a global on your platform as well as Bintang Capital in terms of the cap table. Um, what aside the capital, obviously, that these investors provide, what are some of the non-monetary support that they provided over the last uh, nine to ten years of building this business? Yeah, so so not all money is uh, created equally, right? <laughs> uh, we've been we've been we've been very lucky to have extremely supportive investors, and and I don't want that to come across as like lip service or whatever. But with Cradle, from the the grant that we got to being the first investee company of Cradle Seed Ventures. Um, to OSK, to 500, to Bintang and all that. Aside from the network that they have and the advice from seeing a whole load more than we have because of the size of their portfolios, um, they've been able to help us with governance, guidance in terms of, uh, you know, what is our path? If we do want to look at that IPO in the future, what do we need to look at today? A lot of the time you're just running on this hamster wheel trying to grow the business. You forget about all the stuff that you need to put in place. And these guys have seen it before. I have never IPO'd a business. And, you know, the advice that they provide has been has been very valuable. 
Renee, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much, Roshan. Folks, I've been speaking with Renee Menezes. He's the president and co-founder of affiliate marketing platform Involve Asia. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You've been listening to Open Full Business. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.